Hello, and welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as It's a Love Story, Baby Just Say No to Drugs. It's a cultural quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony, and I am here with Austin. Hello, Austin, I have missed you. I have missed you too. What a what a great tagline to bring us back in on the triumphant note. Yeah. yeah. Strong. Strong. We we share in the triumph of Taylor Swift. We share over her court case, yes. Exactly. And her and her song It's a Love Story, baby just say yes. So we're not agreeing with the drug the drug amendment. <laughs> I mean, it's also it's also good to just say no to drugs, but I think I think this is this, like all things in my life, this is a celebration of Taylor Swift. Yes, how indeed. Austin, I I'm going to say something that sounds like an exaggeration, but but it's not. It's the truth, and the truth is, I honestly can't remember the last time I saw your face. It's been a bit, Austin. Uh, describe your face to me. Paint me a word. Um, well, uh, right now I've got bedhead that kind of looks like devil horns. Sure, um, I know that look. On, yeah, it's the, you know, Ace Ventura part two uh, <laughs> when he's in the fighting pit and uh, the opposing war tousles his hair. I think a lot of our listeners will will remember that classic <laughs> moment. Yep, exactly. Um, I'm unkempt. I just went to the dentist, so my teeth are just very Ooh. clean. Ooh, um, a couple of pearly whites else- in there, huh? Well, I asked my dental hygienist about whitening options, and she said, the good news is your teeth are not yellow because you don't take care of your teeth. Um, the bad news is it's genetic, and whitening is probably not going to help. So uh, right. sorry, pal. Right. Yeah. So they're not pearly white, but they are, they are fresh. Yeah, and you come, you, come up, you come across it, honestly. Do you, yeah. I mean, I, I have never met your parents in person, but I... I assume their teeth are disgusting. Oh, just just the most beautiful people, and then... Right. Yeah, it's all taken away. Revulsion upon seeing their mouths. No, they all have good teeth. My dad is missing his, uh, his first front four teeth from uh, an encounter with a rock um, during football practice when I think he was eight years old. That story has a lot of pieces, Austin. Why did he hit a hit a rock at all? Why? But more importantly, why did he even hit a rock while playing football? I think he was practicing with his dad, who was an assistant coach for his team, mm-hmm. um, like in a yard somewhere. I don't know if it was their yard. I assume it was their yard. <laughs> um, and uh, I think he was just running, and he uh, he tripped on something. And fell face first into the ground, and there was a big rock there, and it knocked out his front four teeth. And those were the days when they just wore those leatherhead helmets. They didn't have face masks. Right, yeah. And they wore the, the really tight rompers. <laughs> and you just had to be beefy. No pads back then. Yeah. Things were just... I, literally anything could happen those days. Ugh. But now my dad's waiting on getting a permanent a permanent implant, so he has these kind of temporary teeth that he takes out when he's eating certain foods to to quite comedic effect okay um and he can kind of like blow through that hole and make his lip flap in and out like a piece of turkey skin okay um besides that he looks kind of like harrison ford um (laughs) but 
a busted up version of Harrison Ford. Yeah. Post a Force Awakens, Harrison Ford. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. Did he, did he fall on a rock and impale his stomach? No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, where, what were we talking about? My appearance. We were talking about your, your physical appearance. Um, so, my left eye is a little bit lower than my right eye, but that has not happened since I saw you. That's always been, yeah, the, case. been the case. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I'm kind of tan, which is Ooh. nice. Okay. Uh, I've been in the Caribbean two weeks since I've seen you on separate weeks. Wow. It was not all one stretch. Wow. Yeah. You know that if, you, if your face gets a little tan, it makes your it makes your teeth pop a little more. Yeah, I kind of look like a like a tiramisu that's been out for too long. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most people would have these nice white lady fingers, and mine are mine are yellowed. Sure. But my skin does look like it's been dusted with with coffee. So, what do you look like? Uh, I also have been outside. I have received uh, I've received some sun. So I'm a little, I'm a little darker. I Otherwise, I look. I I, th- I think I look pretty much the same. I, Those angelic ringlets of hair, still. It's still. As resting, as resting on my head, like a, a crown of, of laurels. <laughs> my luscious lips, still <laughs> resting on my face like a pair of fat worms. <laughs> Squirming into a smile. My green eyes like tiny green donuts sitting sitting on a black plate. On another smaller white plate. <laughs> <This is yum. laughs> on top of a, a much larger uh, skin-colored plate. Flesh plate. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm glad we're doing these really in-depth character descriptions. Yes. Because we're going to be doing something fun today. We, I heard Austin, you have brought us back to one of the strongest things about this podcast, and that is its transitions. We're like a—I have a caterpillar on my desk right now in a jar, okay. um, and it between last night and this morning, it has finished the rest of the food in the jar and has built a cocoon for itself. So that's oh, a transition. That is also you're right. It's that a nature-based That's sort of a meta-transition because it, it is a, a transition for that animal, but it also serves as a transition for this podcast. Very good. Yes, Austin, today we are going to lean heavily into the and so much more of our It's a Cultural Quiz Show and so much more tagline. We, Finally. We are going to read WikiHow articles about, about how, to, how to write a story. We're going to create a little story together with, with help, with crowdsourced help from the internet. Mm. Like all great books, as the great no no great American novel has ever been written without the help of the internet. I agree. Or or crowdsourcing of some kind. I mean, Mark Twain didn't have the internet, but he you know he could go to the town square and you know ask people for advice on how to name a character or or what sort of physical descriptions are compelling. Do you think Huck was one of those names? I think Huck was crowdsourced. And someone was trying to just tell him to buzz off, but in, in stronger language. And he, uh, sure. he just misheard his huck. And he said, I have, I now have a novel. I have my novel. Our story is going to begin where you're going to have to make a decision. 
Austin, I'm there ready. are two WikiHow articles I have open right now. One is how to write a bestseller. The other tab is how to write a good story. So the choice you face, and I think this is this is a choice that has it's it's a it is a bell that has has tolled throughout history of art, and that is, do we write this for that scrilla? Do we do it for the dough? Or do we do it to send a message? You know, are we telling a, a good story, or are we telling a story that's gonna that's gonna push paper? Mm. And the Holy Grail, of course, would be an intersection of the two. Right, but there's um, no WikiHow article that's called "How to Write a Good Story" that is also a bestseller. So. Right. Oof. It's funny because this is a. This is kind of a classic divide on college campuses, right? You go the professional writing route, teaches you how to how to publish, how to market your book, how to edit and package. And you have the English department route, which uh, kind of asserts that, you know, it's possible that no one will ever read what you're writing, but you're writing something new and good. Novel. Uh, <laughs> you are. Which, uh... <sighs> We should get uh, we should get my roommate on this podcast sometime soon. Hashtag who is Nick Van Heest. First of all, he's been dying to be on it. Second of all, he uh, he faced the same challenge, and is a very good writer. Okay. So, well, what was his what was his chosen path? He ended up going professional writing and making the most of it. Sure. And now he has a professional writing career. I mean, do we want to follow in his his hallowed footsteps, or do we want to blaze a trail and try to write something good for once? For once. <laughs> Can we please be the first people to write a good story? God. Yeah, because you know that everything that we've ever read has been published and has made money. So how do we know? Exactly. I don't know what a good book looks like because I've never read one. Oh, gosh, Tony. What do you think? Uh, well, I don't know. Let's uh, flip a freaking coin. We could flip a freaking coin. It looks like, like how to write a bestseller is a little more... A little more concise, which I think is probably good for us. Let's do it. Let's cool. go prorating. I don't have a coin anyway. <laughs> so uh, I need that money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully you can write a, a story that sells well enough to earn you exactly one coin. One coin. Austin, I'm going I'm to begin by reading the intro to this article to you. I'm ready. This is, this is the WikiHow article, How to Write a Bestseller. Many a budding author dreams of writing the book. The one that turns into a bestseller. It's the book that gets you known and paid well. Not having written a bestseller yet doesn't, necess- <laughs> doesn't necessarily show a lack of talent because there are tricks to make bestsellers. And it's not always the stuff that sits well with the pure artist, like Ooh. being trendy and being able to let go and let editors have their own way with their, your writing. So this is, this is exactly what we were talking about, Austin. We have to sort of we have to set aside the internal artist and we have to let the, the, right. the internal moneymaker. We have to set aside... The, the internal Jay-Z from Reasonable Doubt and, and bring up the internal Jay-Z from Blueprint Days. We have to sacrifice a uh, measure of freedom for a measure of security. Exactly right. Provided you're made of stern enough stuff, though, which I think we're pretty stern, why not give the bestseller track a chance? You just never know. Hmm. You just never know. Who can say where the road goes? Who, who can say where the 
Austin, the very first step in this instruction manual is another choice that we have to face. And this question is, fiction or non-fiction? Decide which area of writing works best for you. If you're flexible, maybe try both. Like the guy from A Million Little Pieces, Boom Roasted. You never know which might work best. The next steps provide the things to consider in making your choice. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Austin? Uh, do you think that we are, we're fiction boys or are we non-fiction boys? I like the idea of heavily autobiographical fiction. Ooh. Um, so fiction, but uh, characters that are drawn from our own experiences sure. and uh, circumstances as well. Sort of a uh, Romana Clef? Yeah, even like a magical realism sort of thing. Ooh, okay. I like that. Sort of a magical, realistic retelling of our lives. Right. Part two is topics. First, you have to select your topic. Now, (laughs) the graphic for this section is a drawing of a piece of paper that says romance, comedy, sci-fi, drama, crime, war, thriller, and politics. And then uh, in, in red pen, the word war is circled. Which, which sort of sort of looks like a document that you might find on the desk in the Oval Office, for instance. <laughs> uh. That's right. <laughs> this podcast gets political. It gets political, and it's also evergreen because all presidents are warmongers. Be- all presidents are war criminals. Now testify. <laughs> it's right outside your door. That's something we've never discussed is our mutual love of Rage Against the Machine. Dog. Exquisite uh, band. That'll have to wait, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got those categories. I'm also jotting down a few good categories. Um, we got Magic Beans. Sure. I got Regular Beans. Sure. Yeah, Magic Beans is a very good magical realism thing because beans are real. And right. magic is magic. <laughs> so, right there. Pay dirt. <laughs> yeah, I think magical beans is going to be sort of a central, a central component of this story. A pillar, but we could uh, we could subvert kind of the Jack and the Beanstalk trope, and yeah, maybe it could be the name of a new uh, pharmaceutical product, Ooh. and it's kind of like a it's kind of like a winky name to the legend, but it actually does some some messed up stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. Give me give me some more uh, give me some more tips. I'll give you some more tips. If you're writing fiction, some additional helpers include You already know your characters inside out and think you've met them personally. Writing about them will be a breeze. Austin, I, I think that you you saw this advice coming a mile away and you said let's, let's make this semi-autobiographical. Let's call them um, T and A. <laughs> Austin, that was the this is the first time that this has come up. <laughs> how, how on God's green earth have you and I, two grown men, not mentioned the fact that our names are T and A? Yeah, with, with a platform that we can say whatever the hell funny thing we want <laughs> um, <laughs> to an audience of at least 10, we've con- at least a confirmed 10 people. We have had next to infinite opportunity to bring this up. Oh, man. This is and here it is. an exploration in, in greatness. Yeah, I mean, I can already feel that this is going to be our catcher in the rye. Yeah. Um, TNA, Magic Beans. Okay, 
So know your characters inside and out. Yes. Definitely. definitely. I love and then that. The, the, next, the next part is writing the book. So we've done all the pre-pro we need to do. We're ready to sit down and start writing. Hint number one here is take notes all the time. Carry a notebook with you wherever you go and capture the ideas that pop into your head at the time they appear. all (laughs) of the time. You are a very good listener, Austin. I know I've said this before, but you're such a good listener. (laughs) Uh, Okay, take notes all the time. Have a notebook just with you. You know, I've been trying to implement that practice into my own writing life, and it has paid dividends. Oh, really? Tony. It is good advice because you never know when an idea is going to strike. You never know when the next catcher in the rye is going to strike. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I took, I took a notebook on the cruise with me and just – even just writing down one sentence from conversations I would overhear sure. or observations I would make. I got some of my best nuggets I think that I've ever written just from like revisiting that and writing a funny little anecdote about it later on. That is awesome. So that's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> Wiki, how? Wiki, how do you do it? <laughs> the next step in writing the book is find the time to write. Find some time. Find some time to write your book. Okay, so... <laughs> they, they provide a little hint for, for people who are already wor- working full-time. They say, asking for time off to write a bestseller should be done with care. Judge the nature of your workplace first. The more conservative the establishment, the less likely this will be something considered worth the loss of your time. <laughs> uh, I think that's why Scaramucci got fired. I think he wanted to... I think he asked for time off to write to, uh, a book. But the write his memoir. The conservative establishment wouldn't let him. Which is kind of sad because this book was titled My Life in the White House. Right. Um, and it's very short. Um, That's right. This podcast gets political. And it's funny. Wasn't Scaramouche, isn't a Scaramouche like a kind of a classic jester type character? I, I believe it is. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, can you do the Fandango? Thunderbolts and Lightning, very, very frightening me. Yeah, so I'm I'm doing a quick Google of Scaramouche. I also know that he is a uh, he's a disembodied robot head from Samurai Jack, who kind of plays the fool in some ways. Yeah, stock clown character of the Commedia dell'arte, okay. which I'm guessing is the uh, art of comedy. <laughs> Maybe an opera. Right? An opera. Step number four: write a synopsis of your book, a plan, an outline, whatever you will. You can mind map if you prefer. I don't know what a mind map is, but that. Well, let's let's just start with the characters then. So the okay, cool. the advice here is set out the characters, their traits and quirks, their motivations. So we're the characters. What are our traits and quirks? What are our motivations? Um, now, but uh, before you start, Austin, the next sentence says, "This should be fun." So <laughs> if you're about to say anything that is anything less than fun, you're doing it wrong. Oh God, that's a lot of pressure. It is. Um. Yeah, Austin, one of your traits is that you cave under pressure. Yes. Um, I go spelunking when, when the weight of the world is, is yep. too much for me. That's, yep. I retreat. You know, that could go a lot of ways. I could also be, be spelunking in a, uh, an underwater cave. So I'm caving under pressure. Um, under pressure. Whoa. Yeah. But I'm going to say that I like to go spelunking uh, to kind of ease my mind. Sure. 
Um, okay, here's what I'm thinking the plot is. Uh, you and I are two young chemistry grad students. Yep. I know that there are some uh, some kind of mediocre caves in Bloomington, Indiana. So maybe we're studying at uh, IU? Yep. Yeah, and, and how do you make mediocre caves interesting enough for a bestseller? Put a little magic in those caves. Mm. Love it. Okay, so uh, so my character caves under pressure, and... Yeah, one of my traits is uh, I don't love talking about politics, except mm. as jokes. Right. So I wonder maybe if that could come up in the story. Yeah, you diffuse tense conversations with, with levity. Sure. Yeah, it kind of sounds like every all of our all of our traits are about avoidance of problems. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this is getting a little too real. Oof! Wow! Should, should this be a a psychiatrist uh, drama? Yeah, yeah. This could also be. It can be a very sort of Freudian story wherein we reveal deeper aspects about ourselves. Well, let's say you diffuse, um, and it's not with cheap jokes or like laughing things off. It's with it's with jokes that show simultaneously that you're very informed about the political situations but you are choosing not to engage with them so so you're not deflecting necessarily you're just like trying to prevent people from from kind of dissolving into petty arguments about things like a prism i take it in i separate it and i make it interesting yeah lift and separate lifts (laughs) yep (laughs) Um, so it, it's fitting that you're T in this scenario. Yes, exactly. Uh, Austin, the the next sentence is, if your characters are based on your neighbor or ex-lover, make sure they're unrecognizable unless you enjoy being sued. (laughs) So quit first. Uh, I mean, I guess the first thing we need to clarify is, do you enjoy being sued? I, uh, I do not. Okay. I do not enjoy being sued either. So we should make our neighbors and ex-lovers unrecognizable. Perfect. So I just think all the characters except for T and A in our novel should have like bungled up, burnt faces so that they're all unrecognizable as people. I was about to make that same joke. <laughs> I was going to say Johnny, my uh, my kindly neighbor in North Carolina, except that he got stung by a lot of bees. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody. Um, everybody has been stricken by a different malady that makes them unrecognizable. Maybe we live in a world where just people are super ugly. Sure. Super duper ugly, and the the bean we're trying to create is something that takes internal beauty and crafts the face to reflect that beauty. Ooh, yeah. Here's what it does, Austin. <gasps> Here's what it does. It switches your inner beauty and your outer beauty. Oh, ooh. Um, okay, I'm writing. I'm taking notes per step three. Could you? And could you also in your notes say, uh, "Don't get sued." Okay, don't get sued. Ugly world. Don't get sued. And Tony, that's really interesting because maybe some people who take the beans who we think are going to be just these beautiful angelic people just are made hundreds of times worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, people's true motivations and, uh, and personalities are put on display instantly and that's what makes this such a, a such a dangerous dangerous pill that we're pushing it's a dangerous game we play austin and uh okay okay i like where we're going with okay. this 
The next step is review progress frequently. So, Austin, uh, how, how would you say we're doing so far? Okay, my notes. I got magical beans slash regular beans, Sure. depending on genre. I've got uh, pharmaceutical magic beans with some janked up side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my notes are sparse to that point. But after this third note, take notes all of the time. Okay. Um, it starts. <laughs> That's when things get real dense. Yeah, it starts getting a little beefier. So I got TNA. I got uh, um, I like caving. You enjoy kind of like bringing out the humor and the levity in situations. I've got uh, a bean um, or a pill that we make that switches inner and outer beauty in this ugly world that has been created because we don't want to get sued by neighbors or ex-lovers. And as I review that progress, I'm thinking that you and I go down into a cave that I found and we find some kind of substance that uh, can be synthesized into this pill. Now we're talking. Now we're talking, Austin. We go down okay. to the cave. We're talking about our neighbors and ex-lovers, but no specifics. And we stumble across. Oh, what? Oh, oh, sorry. What's is this? Is this moss? Wait, Austin. Look at look at this moss. Or, like, sorry, T says to A. Hey, A, look at this moss. And you immediately recognize it as appearance inversion moss. Right. I. Uh... I look at because I usually hate moss. Like I love caving, but boy, do I hate, hate moss. Hate moss, and which rhymes with Kate Moss. Um, it does. It does. But so I hate moss. But I look <laughs> who, at this. who, by the way, is an ex-lover of yours. So we're not going to talk about that in specifics. Right. Her her code name is Hate Moss, and that's how I know the significance of this moss is that I find it just crazy beautiful. It's just the most beautiful moss. It's kind of glowing with this bioluminescence and it's growing in these spiral patterns on this rock what's our next step where we review our next step is to set a deadline all right i got about fast i gotta leave for work in about 18 minutes so uh (laughs) done um okay 18 minutes Let's, let's, let's be moving uh, Although we could we can take this into our next episode, I think this I think doesn't. We, I think we can. Yeah, I think we can continue this. A little two banger. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that actually, Austin, fits in perfectly with the two bullet points under set at deadline, which are be realistic and holes can be filled in later. Mm. I think you did a really great job of, of anticipating those. Does the holes can be filled in later have a winky face next to it? It, it does. Yeah, it's actually it's all emojis. It's it's winky face, winky face, and then like the thumbs up emoji, and then the okay symbol emoji, and then the eggplant emoji, and then and the just peach. and then the peach, and then it's all winky faces for the rest of this article. Boy, howdy. Okay, so realistic deadlines. Let's say we have a nice bow on it uh, by end of next episode. Perfect. Yeah, the next section is to review our writing, and let's maybe save that section for the end. For now, we're going to face another decision here. You know, we're going to write a love story uh, or a romance, and, and my question is, do you want to... I'm going to tell you the WikiHow article titles, and I want you to pick which one we're going to do. Our options are how to start a love story, how to write a love story, how to write romance novels, and how to write paranormal romance. Oh, number four, for sure. Paranormal romance is a stupid question. Yeah, so Austin, you and I are going to be writing a best-selling 
paranormal romance novel. The first step in how to write paranormal romance is make sure you know exactly what the definition of paranormal romance is. Now, this would be a useful step if it actually provided a definition of paranormal romance, but it leaves it, leaves it to the reader to determine what that is. Oh, boy. Uh, so, um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little, a little trip uh, to www.google.com, and I'm going to see what www.google.com has to say about paranormal romance. Yes, please. And just uh, read, it, read it to me just unedited. Yep, this is straight from Wikipedia. Paranormal romance is a subgenre. <clears throat> paranormal <laughs> romance is a subgenre of both romantic fiction and speculative fiction. So uh, you and I are going to be making a lot of guesses. It's gonna oh, be, baby. It's going to be just sort of... Are we writing a book? <laughs> Whoa! Paranormal romance focuses on romantic love and includes elements beyond the range of scientific explanation, blending together themes from the speculative fiction genres of fantasy, science fiction, and horror. Nice. I would say that X-Files is a paranormal romance. Sure. Def- I definitely see the paranormal, and there are some romantic components. Yeah. Or uh, did you ever see Warm Bodies? I did not. Great film. They're sponsoring our episode. It's a movie that came out in theaters probably eight years ago. Okay. And uh, they are sponsoring. They're doing a little their, viral marketing right now. Yeah, they're, well, viral marketing, Tony. It's a zombie movie, so. <gasps> nice. Part of their viral marketing is excellent puns. Underrated movie, great soundtrack. Uh, go see it. Anyway. Well. <clears throat> Step three. Make use of your fascination, obsession, fetish, or desire. And it does say everybody has at least one of these things. So I know, you don't lie to me, Austin, I know you have at least one of fascination, obsession, fetish, or desire. Mm. I think I have both. There's a, you know that song from uh, Drive, Under Your Spell? You remember that song? Great song. There's this little vocal interlude on the album version that is this little girl saying... Hey, I was wondering, do you know the difference between love and obsession? And they say no. And then they say, what about between obsession and desire? And then they say, no, I don't know. And then that's the end of the little vocal interlude. Well, no. Then they say, do you think this feeling will last forever? And the other one says, like, forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. So all that to say is that, yes, uh, desire and obsession I, I have both of those. You have both of them? Okay, well, make use of them. Okay. <laughs> the fourth step is exercise. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, now, the, the follow-up is twist, bend, and change an ordinary object. So it's appealing for a paranormal romance story. Remember to bend at the knees. So what they've done here is they've collected a bunch of words. They've put them in an order, but they haven't made any effort to make those words make sense together. Hmm. Yes. You gotta bend, you gotta, and they're kind of ham-fistedly trying to cram this CrossFit metaphor into, uh, into this writing lesson. Yeah. The next step is, do research. <laughs> the first suggestion is, Google for list of superpowers, for example. Uh, so that's obviously what I'm going to be doing right now. List of superpowers. And, okay, uh, Austin, I'm going to read off some superpowers, and I want you to decide 
Uh, each character T and A is each going to get one superpower, and and just uh, tell me when you, when we get to a power that you like. Okay, I got my notes open, and I am thinking using my own superpower that the first one is telepathy. Austin, <laughs> what? <laughs> sounds like sounds like you've got telepathy, huh? Everyone does with uh, the internet. Anyway, okay, I'm uh, I'm going to pretend like I'm not reading them. That, as I would, I would prefer that, Austin. I would prefer if you could pretend like I'm I'm contributing something to this podcast. Okay, after you, sir. Telepathy, psychokinesis, teleportation, invisibility, time travel, precognition. I'm so mad. Precognition. Magic. Immortality. Shape-shifting. Healing factor. Psychic. Time travel. This is Austin from the... (laughs) Son of a bitch. Will you let me read these, please? (laughs) Uh, Empathy. Which, I kind of like empathy, because that's just an everyday superpower. Yeah, and I love the photo for that. Like, all the other ones are, like, fireballs and, and these brainwaves. And this one is just a comic that has two people and one saying, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Now, Austin, I assume you know that because I told it to you in the future and you time-traveled backwards because I know for a fact you're not reading this list. Right, absolutely. Thank you. Um, I'm using my omniscience sure. that comes up that comes up later but i i see i don't see forward through time i see kind of laterally <laughs> sure time um, is a flat circle pyrokinesis flight now the picture there is an airplane and I, so i think everybody <laughs> everybody has that superpower yeah maybe that should be in shape shifting yeah. <laughs> weather modification x-ray vision Astral projection, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so I think I want t- I want T's superpower to be empathy, because I, I want to be I, I think that that's a good character trait. I kind of like if these if these superpowers are things that are kind of found in the real world, um, mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily acknowledge them. We just use them as these these kind of like background tools as we're writing the story. Sure. So you want to go with um, kinesis? Yeah, I want to go with magic. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So um, his power is that he's magical, and T's power is that he's empathetic. I'm going to go with kind of extrasensory perception. Sure. Sure. Very real. By the way, you know, since this is a trivia podcast, I want to share a little bit of trivia with you. People commonly refer to the five senses. Humans have more than five senses. Well, let me provide you with an example, Austin. Yeah, please, fill me in. One of the senses that we have is proprioception, which is the ability to sense where your limbs are, even if you're not able to see them at any given time. People who lose the sense of proprioception lose, for instance, the ability to walk when they close their eyes. So if you close your eyes, you just don't know where your legs are. You completely have lost your proprioception uh, if, if you have lost your proprioception. And uh, because you don't know where your legs are, you have the, you, you're not able to walk. Wow, that is fascinating. And some people retain that sense after an amputation, Precisely. and it res- results in phantom limb syndrome. Exactly right. You maintain your proprioception despite the limb not being there. 
Wow, fascinating. Okay, can you hit me with another one? I love uh, this. Well, I was hoping you wouldn't ask that because that <laughs> is. Oh, the, uh, there's also like a sense of sense related to time. Like we have a sense of the passage of time. I was hoping you wouldn't ask because the only good example I have is proprioception. What if? Uh, what if in the sixth sense, uh, the big reveal from Haley Joe Osment was, I know where my legs are. <laughs> Oh baby. Um, let, me, let me Austin, let me read uh, let me read off the Wikipedia article of, of senses. Humans have a multitude of senses. Sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch are the five traditionally recognized senses. But there are more. These include a sense of temperature, thermoception, kinesthetic sense, proprioception, as I mentioned, sense of pain, nociception, balance equilibrioception, and mm. vibration, mechanoreception. Man, that is a difficult word to read. Yeah. Austin, those are, those are some of the senses that humans have. Beautiful. Let's... And I'm, I'm sensing that you probably need to go to work right now. Oh, shoot. I did not even look. Yeah. Well, I need to go make myself a sandwich um, that I can eat on my bike. Perfect. Um, I'm going to use my, my sandoception. Uh, and make a make a blt real fast but um man i am so excited to uh get these wheels spinning should we should we try to uh each do a little bit of of writing between now and next episode and then we can read off what we wrote i think so too i think we should each like write a scene or write a character description or something and that will and then we can we can share them for the next app beautiful you know, before we wrap this up, we got to do our bidness. Oh yeah, back to bidness. We got to get we we have to be responsible podcasters again, and that includes saying things like "thank you, thank you, thank you" to Jude Schuma for providing our uh, the song that is our intro and outro music. Three thank yous also to Anna Swearinga, who made our logo, and uh, three thank yous also to you for listening. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, we have an email address, which is socallmeishmael at gmail.com. We have a similarly named Twitter account, which Austin does the bulk of the work on, and as such, it is very funny. And we also have pins. Austin, you want to talk about the pins? Yes, I, uh, I got my first round of buttons in the mail, finally. So to those of you who sent me money, um, I'm sorry it's taken so long. I've been on a couple of vacations, and then I've also been kind of lazy. But they're addressed, and they're in the mail, so hang tight. They should be there soon. Nice. And then to people who don't know about this, we have these tiny little one-inch-by-one-inch buttons with our logo, uh, a fun little script on the back. So we're not charging for those. If you're a listener, that's enough payment. If you want to send me a little tiny bit of money for postage, that's fine. Don't feel like you have to. Um, but just let me know, and uh, we'll get one of those in the mail and out to you. They're beautiful. I mean, our logo looks super great on it's a awesome. pin. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. And, you know, it, we, we don't ask for payment in money form. We ask for payment of your ears in form in time. We also ask for your words and your, your stars. Go to iTunes. Give us some stars. Throw some stars our way. 
You know, write a review. Yes. Say these guys. Yeah. These guys are funny. These guys are smart. Their their word pictures of their appearance at the beginning of the episode made it seem like they're pretty handsome. Mm. We're also handsome uh, on the inside. Also handsome on the inside. So when we take this pill, we will be will look exactly the same. We'll be unable to tell. Cool. Do we have any other business, Austin? Uh, I think that's it. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening, and goodbye. Yeah.